I'll get the awesome crew over there to, to wander around with the offering bags if you've got cash on you this morning. But there's also opportunity, as I said, through our website, there's, there's their bank details on there, but you can also use the Tithely app and set that up so that you can give regularly. And so that means that you're still tithing even if you don't turn up, which is, which is really good because this place actually still goes on even if you're not here. Just, just so you know. Um, yeah, so, uh, so for those, those of you who don't know me, my name's Matt. Thanks, Ashley, for reminding me that I hadn't actually said, said who I am. I'm Matt. Um, I'm assistant pastor here at Cornerstone, one of my many hats that I wear. And um, it, is, it is an absolute privilege to be sharing with you from God's Word today. And uh, if, you're, if you're new here or you're just visiting with us, I just want to extend a, a very special welcome to you. Um, but I want to invite all of us to join afterwards um, in the cafe, for, in our cafe area for, for coffee and morning tea and it's nice coffee too, hey? Yeah? Like proper barista coffee and you don't have to pay for it but you can put a donation in the jar there if you like as well. Um, but yeah, just, just hang about today, don't, don't rush off. You know, maybe go outside and breathe in some fresh air rather than... <laughs> whatever it is that we're breathing in right now. Um, but yeah, as, as we get into the Word, let's just, let's just pray together. And can I get you to stand up with me as we pray, just to affirm these words to God. Lord God, I want to thank you for your Word. And I thank you for the freedom that, that we have to be able to come and, and worship and gather together like this today. Lord God, we are blessed to be in this position. We are blessed that we can come and do this and, and I just want to stop and say thank you for that this morning. And I want to stop and I want to pray for those that might not be as fortunate as us, that might not be able to gather because of a whole heap of different reasons, because of wars, because of sickness, because of persecution. And God, I just want to pray for those people that find themselves in those situations in situations that impact their ability to come and to gather together as believers and I ask that you would protect them, that you would fill them with your peace and your grace and your love. And God, I thank you indeed that your presence is here with us now and I ask that, that you would just settle our hearts and our minds, that the chaos that is going on around us would, would grow dim in these moments that we have together this morning. God, that you would come and work in this, your people, as we read your word. Lord, I pray that you would just give us this, this opportunity, these few moments now to grow deeper in relationship and understanding of who you are and who we are in you. And I want to invite you to come and to work in each one of us, to continue to mould and shape us to be more like you. And God, I pray that you would use the words that you've placed on my heart this morning for your glory, for your purpose that you would accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or imagine. In your precious name, amen. Amen, so why don't you grab your seats again, get comfy. Um, and so as I mentioned before, my name is Matt and um, I have the privilege of being married to my amazing wife. My wife Alison sitting over here. Um, I'm married to my wife. It's good, hey? Um, and I have four uh, incredibly cute children, 
if, you, if I can say that. Zeke, Ezekiel, he's my oldest, he's 13 and probably now moving more into the realm of handsome rather than cute. So if you see, is he in here? Oh, he's gone out. Oh. There goes that opportunity. So if you see Zeke running around, tell him that he's very cute. Okay? Okay. Um, and then there's Abby May, who's 10, and there's Toby, who is 6, and Jesh, who is 1 and a half or so, I think. Yes? Yes? Um, it, how long have I been married? <laughs> nearly 22 years. Is that right? 21 years. Nearly 21 years. <laughs> long enough. Long, long enough to forget. No, I didn't forget at all. I just can't do maths. I was try- I married in 2001 and for some reason I was, I came up with 22. That's... Anyway, but um, on Friday just gone, we celebrated Toby, my third child, Toby, 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 I can't even say his name, Tobias. Tobias's sixth birthday. Who likes birthdays? Yeah? You know, they're great, aren't they? When, you, when you're young, it's all about awesome presents and parties and cakes and food. And then as you get older, it becomes more about socks and grey hair. <laughs> Case in point. Um, but birthdays are this, this awesome opportunity to, to reflect, aren't they? To think about the journey. Um, to get a bit contemplative and, and look back on the years and remember what has happened. And, and so this week, Toby turned, turned six, and as I was preparing for this message, I was reflecting on Toby's six years. And if I'm really honest, I can say that it has, has been an incredible six years, but it's also been a very challenging six years. Because Toby, Toby was born with Down syndrome, and with that came a variety of health complications. And I'm not going to go into all of that right now, but, you know, there was, there was necessity for him to have multiple life-saving surgeries early on in his, in his life. And that meant going down south and lengthy hospital stays. And it, and it really disrupted our family unit. As, as Ali, my wife, travelled with him and I was here with the two older kids and a whole heap of things. But it's been six years of God showing us that he is faithful and mighty and that he is a miracle worker and he continues to do that. And so this week I was, I was just reflecting on his life and I was contemplating all of these incredible things that God has done. And one of those incredible things was Toby walking because he's got issues with his spine and all that. And, and right at the very on, the doctors were saying, oh, we're not sure if he's going to walk or not. And Anyway, but one of the things that contributed amongst the many to him not walking, was that he has low tone as well. So he doesn't have great muscle mass. I mean, <laughs> look what he's got to work with. Um, anyway, so he's, he's just, he's loose and he's floppy. And uh, anyway, so that was a challenge. That stopped him from walking. And anyway, so um, he got to four and he still wasn't walking. He had this unique bum scoot thing going on. Um, and that was his mode of transport because, because of his low tone. And so he would go from lying on his back to lying on his stomach doing these incredible splits and 
you know, but he got himself around the place and, and it was really incredible to watch him, how he, how he motivated himself to move. And, and as a family, we would work really hard with trying to encourage Toby to walk. Um, Ali, again, my amazing wife, who I'm married to, um, <laughs> spent hours and hours each week and still does, going to different therapies and, and working intensely with different therapists for all of the different needs that he had, but, but particularly for, for, for him to walk. And so, you know, during these therapies and, and in the times at, at home when we're trying to get him to walk, he would often get quite upset. And he'd even get scared about walking. And so, for those of you who, who have known us for any length of time, for, for more than two years back when Toby wasn't walking, you'd probably remember his, his three-wheeled scooter. And he used to hook around this place. We'd bring it, that was his mode of transport. And he used to weave in and out in the cafe. And, you know, he had fairly decent skill. And occasionally he would... He would hit toes or deliberately run into people to say hello. But one of the reasons why that was was because he also had really poor vision. You know, so not only did he have low tone, but then there was this complication that he had, had pretty significant vision issues that required glasses and, and really thick and really strong lenses. And because of the thickness and because of the strength of these glasses, the specialist decided they're going to stagger the deployment of these lenses. So gradually over time, he'd get a new set of lenses and, and until he got to the, the right strength. And so finally, he got the right strength glasses. And it was about two weeks before Easter when Toby was four. And he got the right strength glasses. And suddenly, he could see properly. And it was Easter Sunday two years ago with Toby wearing the right glasses and he was, it was after church and I was up the back with him near the, near the tech desk there holding his hands and we were walking along and then all of a sudden he just let go. And he went from the back to the front to the back to the front to the back to the front and he was so excited and he just kept going and he's doing laps you know, up, and, up until this point, it had been a few steps and then he'd fallen over. But suddenly his fear was gone. And it was replaced with this excitement and this joy of being able to walk. All because he could see and he could see with clarity. Now, why am I telling you that story? One, because I, you know, I was thinking about the journey that we've been on and remembering the incredible things that have happened and thinking about the power of testimony and the fact that God is doing stuff in each of our lives and we can share that and that is great power. And, and yeah, birthday, birthdays are this great opportunity to reflect back and to think about what has been, what has come to this point. And I'm going to come back to Toby in a little bit later on, but... This morning we're actually starting a new series, a new series of messages. We've been looking at the Holy Spirit over the last few weeks, which has been awesome, hey? To be reminded of the power that we have through the Holy Spirit, the gift that we have of being able to receive the Holy Spirit and let that work in our lives. And as I say, today we're starting this new series, which we're calling Journey to the Cross. Easter is coming. And so we're taking this opportunity as a church body, as followers of Christ, to take the time to reflect and be reminded of what God has done. 
to be reminded of what God is doing right now and to be reminded of what God is going to do. You know, we have this incredible gift of hindsight and this incredible gift of testimony that is through God's Word. It's through hearing other people's stories and what God is doing. And so today we're just going to spend some time and we're going to go through and I'm, I'm going to try and condense a heap of stuff in the journey that is God at work. And so the message today is called Prepare the Way. And we're going we're gonna to use God's Word to, to look with hindsight and looking at testimony to see what God was doing, to get this big picture view of what God was doing. Hopefully to be astounded as we are reminded of what God has done. I'm going to allow that to penetrate into our lives as we continue to journey with God. And so we're going to do that, we're going to read from from Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, which is known as the faith chapter. And it's a scripture passage that steps through key moments in God's plan. Through the Old Testament, those books that are before Jesus came, the history before Jesus came, before Jesus came as a gift for us. And so if you've got your Bibles, I want to encourage you to, to grab them out. If that's on your phone, grab your phone out and keep it, keep it on Hebrews 11 because we're going we're gonna to stay there pretty much today. It'll be on the screen as well, as well as some other passages as well. But, so, Hebrews 11. We're going to start from verse 1. And it says this, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. And I've just realised that I haven't given the desk my PowerPoint. So it's not going to be on the screen. So if you've got your Bibles, grab them out, because that's going to be really helpful. I apologise, everyone. Technical issues, we've got broken projectors, we've got no PowerPoint. So listen up, get your Bibles out. Okay. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, it is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people of days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. Okay, so we're going to stop there for a moment. So faith is this incredibly important thing for us. Faith is is believing in things that can't be seen. And it is by faith that we understand that God created the entire universe, that everything that we see around us, this, this incredible creation, everything, the land, the sea, the sky, the stars, the creatures, the plants, everything, including us, including all of humanity, was created by God for His plan, for His purpose, for Him to love us, and to be loved by us. And it is by faith that we believe that God created everything. And it is by faith that we believe that God created everything and it was good. And it says that in Genesis 1. It says, God looked over all that he had made and he saw it was very good. And then if we continue on in that story, we know that that very good and perfect creation was very short-lived. 
If we read through that Genesis story, we know that, that God gave Adam and Eve authority to rule over this good creation that he had made and there were no rules other than not to eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God gave them one rule. And Satan comes along and he convinces them that it wasn't a, cho- a rule, it was a choice. And so they, they chose to seize the power of knowledge. And as a result, sin entered into the world. And suddenly, humanity became self-protective and jealous and afraid and power-hungry. And all of the things that we see in our world today. You know, the, the relationship humanity had with God was suddenly fractured. And so was all the other relationships. And so over time, God got more and more heartbroken by what was going on. And in fact, he actually prepared to destroy the entire creation. But then it says there was one solitary man, one righteous man left, and his name was Noah. Okay, so continuing on in Hebrews 11, we're going to jump to verse 7. And it says, It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. Oh, look at that, it's up there. Thanks, Kathleen. Hopefully you can follow along. He obeyed God, who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. So God had this plan to to reset creation. I work in IT, so he effectively tried to turn it off and on again. It actually works like 99% of the time too, by the way. So if you have a technical issue, turn it off. Turn it on again. And effectively, that's what God did. Except for one man. In an attempt to bring his perfect creation back to himself, to re-establish relationship, and it was carried out through this one man and his family. Through Noah. But even after this reset... Sin and evil still existed and so it wasn't long until creation was broken once more. And then we see the story of the Tower of Babel when Babylon is established and it's this place that effectively converts, tricks people into thinking that evil is actually good and it got to this place. And so God continued to work. He continued to work towards restoring his creation and he did that through a man named Abraham and his wife Sarah. So again, back to Hebrews 11 from verse 8. It says, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going and even when he reached the land, God promised him he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, that's his sons, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. And it was by faith that even Sarah, who was able, sorry, was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so, as a whole, nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, there is no way to count them. 
Again, God is at work. And then jumping over to verse 17. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son. Even though God had told him Isaac, uh, even though God had told him Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. And Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God would be able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. And then jumping to verse 23, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. The king had put out a command to kill all of the young boys because the Israelites who were slaves in Egypt had out, started to outnumber the Egyptians and they were scared. And so his parents, Moses' parents hid him away. And then he grew up. Moses grew up because he was found by the Pharaoh's daughter and raised as the Pharaoh's daughter's son. And it says in verse 24 now, it says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. And then jumping over to verse 27, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, and he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It is by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle the blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and all of the prophets, but these people, the faith of these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice and received what God had promised. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from the death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all of what God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. For God had something better in mind for us. So 
through all this history that we've just quickly condensed. And I want to encourage you actually just to, to get out your Bible when you get home, read through Hebrews 11 and then jump and look at the different stories, the different things that are going on and the way that God is working through the circumstances. But all through this history that we've, that we've looked at, God had something better in mind. He had a plan and he was working through his people, preparing the way for something better. Preparing the way for his son, preparing the way for Jesus. You know, as, as Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt and out of slavery and towards this promised land that God had, had established for them, God also established the law, part of the old covenant. And it included the Ten Commandments, which I'm sure we're all familiar with. A law which, which was a crude attempt at pointing people back to God. A crude attempt because it also reminded them of their sin. Because they'd have to regularly go and present a sacrifice at the temple to cover their sin. And each time they'd come to the temple, they were reminded about what they had done. But God had something better. And God revealed through his prophets in the Old Testament of what was to come. And it was the faith of the people that helped them to carry on, knowing that there was something better to come. And the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 31 prophesies, and it's actually quoted in Hebrews 8. And it says this, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. A new covenant. That means the old one doesn't exist anymore. The old one's done. The new covenant, the new promise with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant where I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and I led them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant that I'm going to establish with my people of Israel. I'll put my law in their minds and I'll write it on their hearts. I'll be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and I will remember their sins no more. What an awesome promise. God was preparing the way for Jesus, for this perfect sacrifice for Jesus to come and to cleanse all creation from all sin. And sin would be remembered no more because of Jesus, because of the cross, because of his perfect sacrifice. God was establishing a new covenant, a new promise that was being prepared for each one of us, for all humanity. God was preparing the way and he was working, ensuring that his creation his very good creation would be restored in relationship back to himself. But there was only one way that he could do that. There was only one perfect and final sacrifice that would give his creation opportunity for, again, a choice. Not a choice to go off on our own, but a choice to be fully restored and redeemed through Jesus. You know, God had this perfect plan but he was working with imperfect humanity. Because that's who God is. He invites us into his plan. 
and he uses us. He could do it. He could... And we're there. I mean, sometimes I wish, come on. But he's got a plan and it's perfect. And we are loved and we know that because John 3.16 tells us that. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then that verse continues on and it says that God sent his son Jesus into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through himself. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. You know, no longer does sin and death rule over us because there is this perfect plan of God and the perfect sacrifice of Jesus. You know, what what a gift it is that we have in God's word that enables us to see the way that God has worked through history from the very beginning of creation through the history to the restorative power of Jesus coming and dying on the cross as that perfect sacrifice for each one of us, for you and for me and for all humanity. And to see the faith of those who, who recognised that God was at work and faithfully followed his instruction, for the most part. Also that we, as God's creation, can be restored in relationship with him. Through every moment that we read in the Old Testament, God was preparing a way for Jesus. God was working, preparing the way so that Jesus could come and and bring everything back to himself through the cross. Again, it is the cross, it is the sacrifice of Jesus that is the reason why we're even sitting here today. It is the reason that we even have the opportunity to be invited into and accept relationship with God, with our almighty creator, the one who has all power, who could click his fingers and it would be done. But he invites us in. And God's word, it gives us this ability to see how he has worked through history. And it gives us an opportunity to be encouraged in our own journey. To be reminded that he is walking this journey with us. To look and to see how everything that he did was about bringing about the, rest- the restoration of relationship. And the whole thing centres around the cross. It centres around seeing everything through that redemptive cross. I actually had a photo which I took and I actually didn't have it on my PowerPoint but it was, I took a photo of my eye looking at the cross. It was really, but then I looked at it and I had all gross and... (laughs) But you get what I'm saying. Looking through the cross. Allowing that to filter everything that you look at. Seeing everything through the word of God. Being reminded of of the champions of faith that we've read about in Hebrews 11. To have the faith to know that God is at work. To recognise that God is continuing to draw his creation back to himself. And so I just wonder, as, we, as we're hearing these words today, as we are reminded of God's faithfulness and the faithfulness of those who have come before us, 
that were working to bring back that restoration of his creation. I wonder, I wonder if we're allowing that and we're allowing the incredible sacrifice of Jesus and the work of the cross and we're allowing God's word and the promises to strengthen our faith. If we're allowing his word and his love and the gift of his Holy Spirit that we've heard about over the last few weeks to give us clarity and wisdom that only comes through the work of the cross. Fix your eyes on the cross. View the world. View your current situation right now through the cross, through the promises that God has for us. Be reminded of the fact that God is preparing a way for us to be restored in relationship with Him. We have restored relationship. Those of us who who have invited Christ into our lives, we have that restored relationship. But God's plan is not just for us. It's not just for those that choose to come and gather like this, but He chose it for all humanity. He chose it for every person that is driving past. And He invites us into that. Fix your eyes on the cross. You know, going back to that story I told about Toby at the start with his glasses. You know, again, once he had those right glasses on, suddenly he could see. And he could see with a clarity that removed his fear. You know, with those correct glasses, he could suddenly see where he was going. And in no time at all, he was up and he was walking. And that's exactly what God's word and that's exactly what the cross does for us. Like Toby's glasses, it gives us the same clarity for our journey with God. Now, Psalm 119, in verse 105, it says this, it says, Your word, O God, is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Now, if we, if we fix our eyes on Jesus and the redemptive work of the cross, if we grab hold of that and make that our core, makes everything of our lives, and if we put our faith in God and in his word, we can step forward with boldness, into the world around us because he lights our path. We can step forward no longer filled with fear, but filled with God's peace and his love and his light. Stepping forward knowing that God is still at work and that he still has plans. Knowing that he is still preparing the way. You know, because, because we know if we continue to, to read on through to the last book of the Bible in Revelation, it spells out that his plan is not yet complete. You know, Jesus is coming again. Thank you, God. And he's coming back and he's going to bring this final and full restoration of God's perfect creation back to himself for all eternity. And on that day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, whether they want to or not. 
So I want to challenge us not to be afraid. of what is to come. To not be afraid of the aliens that might come and steal us away. No. (laughs) To not be afraid of what lies before. But to be reminded that God is faithful. That he has made a way for all of this to take place. He's made a way that we are actually here because of the work of the cross, because of Jesus. And then we have this opportunity now to be restored in relationship with him, but also an opportunity for all humanity to live for all eternity with him because of Jesus, because of the cross. You know, it's, it's really easy to look at the world around us and to see the turmoil, to see the chaos, to see the war and the violence, the brokenness and the darkness that grows day by day. And it's It's consuming. But don't be afraid. Look to the cross. And again, be reminded that God is at work. Remember that Jesus is coming back. And don't be afraid. You know, during the week, as I, was, as I was preparing for this message, Ali shared a quote with me that she saw, and I thought I'd share it with you this morning. It just says this, God did not give us the book of Revelation so that we would build bomb shelters in our backyards. He gave us this book so that we would build bigger dinner tables and invite our friends over and tell them about Jesus. This world is in desperate need for Jesus. And God is preparing the way. And we're going to step into that with faith, with boldness with clarity that comes from the cross. You know, Jesus came to earth and he died for all humanity, for all creation, not just a select few. Know that God is still at work. Know that he is faithful. Put your trust in him. You know, let us, let us love each other the way that God loves us. Because that'll be an example to people out there. And then go into all the world and preach the good news of Jesus, the fact that Jesus has redeemed us, that God is working to restore his perfect creation. I want to challenge us to step into the world with God's clarity, without fear, knowing that God is continuing to prepare the way. So let's pray together. Let's stand again and let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you that you you love us so much. And I want to thank you that you have prepared a way for us to come into relationship with you. And I just thank you this morning again for your faithfulness. And I thank you for your deep, deep love. A love so great that you gave your only son as a sacrifice that would cover all sin for all time so that your creation would be restored but also that our sin would be forgotten. And God, I thank you that you are still at work and I thank you for the power of testimony. 
I thank you that we have the opportunity to share the things that you are doing in our lives. And God, I thank you for your faithfulness. And I thank you for the faithfulness of those that we read about this morning who who carried out the things that you were calling them to. Even though they didn't see the end result, Lord God, I thank you that, that you invited them into your plans your plans to restore relationship with each one of us. And God, as we, as we stand here together today, I pray that you would use each one of us in your ongoing plans, that we would be the light that shines into the darkness, that your love would, would flow out of us into the world around us. God, that you would give us clarity of vision to point us to the people that we need to speak your truth to. God, I thank you for the positions that you have placed each one of us into. And I thank you that you can use us right where we are. Help us to step into those situations with boldness and with faithfulness and with understanding, knowing that you have a plan to restore creation back to yourself. And God, again, I want to thank you for the cross. I want to thank you that it is only through Jesus' sacrifice that we can come back to you. And I pray that we don't lose sight of that. And I pray that we don't lose sight of that gift of of restored relationship that you've given us. That is for all eternity. And I thank you that that is a gift that is freely available. Help us, God, to be fully effective for you. Amen. Amen. So thanks, guys. We're going we're gonna to continue to worship as we close our service. But maybe you're here today and, and you don't have that personal relationship with God. I want to say to you that, that God loves you. We've, we've heard about the plan and the process and, and how God has established a way for us to be in personal relationship, to be restored in relationship with him. Because God's done everything that he can to bring you back. You know, he's given you his son in his death and his resurrection on the cross as a sacrifice that covers all of your sin. You know, maybe you are here today and you're saying, God doesn't want anything to do with me. How could he possibly want anything to do with me? Well, let me tell you that he's already done it. He's already done everything that he can and he's given you Jesus. And Jesus has taken everything that you've done upon himself and he took it to the cross and it is remembered no more. Jesus has taken your blame. And the cross has enabled a way for you to come back into relationship with God. To be restored into the perfect creation that God intends us to be and to give you the gift of eternal life. And all that is left for you is a choice. A choice to accept the gift of of life, of eternal life and forgiveness. And into restored relationship. Just by praying a simple prayer. Inviting him into your life. And I want you to pray with me now if that's you. And just, just pray these words. Lord Jesus. I'm sorry for my sin and I ask you this morning for my forgiveness. Jesus, I thank you that you you died for me and you rose to life again for me. I thank you that through the cross and through your sacrifice that I am forgiven. 
and my sin is remembered no more. And I invite you into my life. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, that is awesome. And you know, please come and tell me or the person you came with, someone sitting next to you. We'd love to celebrate with you as you begin this new journey with God. And you know, as always, the front is open for prayer. If you want to come as we close, we're going to sing. You know, the elders and our prayer team would love to pray with you if you've got a prayer need this morning. But let's just close and sing together this morning. Bless your heaps.